Welcome to the Mojo Mecca. We are a media, wellness and artistry hub that from its inception into this present moment has always been a shared space for candid storytelling, deep wisdom and inspiration for living a life rich in ritual, creativity, heart-centeredness, purposeful pursuits and a whole lot of mojo. Beyond this podcast portal, we offer a slow, potent and wholesome online community platform for inner inquiry and creative exploration. It serves as an extension of your journal or of your canvas, alongside being a powerful resource hub, a place to receive weekly creative prompts and rituals, and a place to simply rest in a safe corner of the internet. We also meet each Sunday via Zoom to dance, meditate, write poetry, make art and commune with one another. This platform is entirely free or donation based and is an offering from my heart for the bringing together of creative powerhouses and kindred hearts from all around the globe. We are so grateful for the continued support of Mojo Mecca and all that we offer. And so take a nice deep breath. Come right into this present moment and receive all that you need to from this conversation. I'm so, so happy to be initiating this series. Oh, and it really is no surprise that it's beginning in the springtime here in Australia because it... Uh, I just feel like the turn of the seasons just brings forth such newness, you know, and especially from winter to spring, it's it's such a fertile time of growth and I'm very excited to be, yeah, to be initiating and kicking off this series at the beginning of September. Um, yeah, and I've reco- recorded quite a few of these so far and my intention is to release uh, one of these conversations each week, so I'm guessing each Friday it'll be, um, so it can be something you look forward to each Friday, and it's been so deeply rewarding and um, fascinating and inspiring and so many different things all at once um, to connect with you guys and there's still quite a few people I haven't got back to yet and I'm still scheduling um, interviews you know with people from so many different time zones so it's going to be an ongoing series and you're still so welcome to reach out if you do feel to to offer your story your insights your lessons wisdom your jokes you know whatever else resources there's so many different directions like all of these conversations go and will go so yeah they're pretty flexible <laughs> um, but yeah if you do feel to share you're welcome to email hi at com, and we can make a time to chat so yeah we're kicking off this series with a beautiful woman by the name of Tilde Le Book. so Tilde is an artist a visual storyteller and a devotee of all things creativity. <laughs> um, 
she's joined quite a few of the sessions and it's been so special to connect with her. So she studied ceramics, fine arts, videography and photography. Her practice is intuitive, process focused and raw. She feels that the camera, poetry, clay and art in general is an extension of her heart and of her vision and that art truly is a way of life. And she embodies this and expresses it so beautifully in this conversation. She's also the founder of FAC, Feminine Arts Collective, which is a collaborative community supporting all forms of creative self-expression and sharing art as medicine through events, workshops, and exhibitions. So in this conversation, we chat about family reconnection, homecoming and returning to the nest, as I feel that a lot of us have kind of been in this sort of journey um, in the last year and a half or so, um, and how it can be an opportunity to remember and integrate parts of our younger selves to kind of move forward in that more integrated way. We chat about the purpose of dark nights of the soul and how we can relate to those times in our lives more healthily. She shares a funny story about dropping out of school and moving to the bush at age 16. Uh, We speak about creation and destruction as the constant spectrum of life and what we witness within nature too. Art for art's sake and letting go of the end result being in the journey. Uh, We chat about how her name, mispronunciation of names in general and also nicknames can fragment or perhaps, you know, alter one's self-perception and identity. And yeah, I think that's really poignant sort of point that we we touch on. And um, then we close out with a beautiful water bathing ritual that she offers to us all, which is, um, yeah, a special thing that you could incorporate into your day-to-day to continue to move energy and connect with the elements and connect with yourself. So dive in, appreciate, enjoy, and welcome to this candid conversation series. I'm so, so looking forward to sharing these conversations with you. Firstly, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Deep, deep reverence and honor for this platform that is such a guiding light, I think, for a lot of people. Mm. So I'm tuning in right now from Rose Bay, Eastern Suburbs, Sydney, aka Gadigal Land, and New South Wales, Australia. So, yeah, I'm currently in my office slash studio space where I do a lot of my creating and processing and releasing and cultivating. And, yeah, this space has actually gone through quite a few transformations. Yeah, but right now it's presenting itself as my artist studio, which I'm so grateful to have. 
And the apartment that I'm in, my home, has been my home technically since I was three months old. So I'm now 26 years old, apparently. <laughs> and yeah, um, I grew up here for most of my life with my mum and my older sister. It was the three of us women journeying through, yeah, the first pretty much 17 to 18 years of my life. And I've returned here as an adult and now I'm renting it and my mum's my landlord in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's even interesting and vulnerable saying that because there's a part of me that's like, I think resisted feeling safe in owning that um, publicly out of fear of like, oh, what? Like you're still where you grew up? Haven't you moved? Haven't you changed? Haven't you grown? And I have done a lot of growing and changing, which is it's interesting to sometimes feel that push, pull and tug between being in the same place where those original roots are, outgrowing myself time and time again and then returning to that same place that has the same skeleton and four walls but has gone through so many transformations itself as an internal space not just in this studio but yeah the, the whole apartment so I live here with my flatmate and we have co-created a really incredible beautiful home here um, for the last roughly year and it was a complete surprise that I'd end up back here I guess it was meant to be but I resisted it strongly um, the signs of the times brought me back here over the last year and a half. So I've been really grateful to have this landing pad. But yeah, in a nutshell, that's that's where I am. It seems to be a what I've seen and you know other other friends and people I've chatted to about um, obviously what's going on globally too. It feels like a lot of people have been in some way or another, whether it's um, uh, moving closer back to, to live with their family or to, to kind of, it seems in general to be a theme or something that, that's kind of um, more collectively being felt is that sort of um, familial line, um, like reconnection or you know having having more experiences again back in the family dynamics and um having to kind of yeah like you said I think so so poignantly um just kind of reflecting on almost like that full circle kind of moment but how much you have shifted and and changed in in those years between you know the other side of that circle or you know before it kind of came back around and um, I think that's that's such a beautiful reflection and I guess it kind of it leads into another question I, I wanted to ask which um, is uh, around you know pivotal moments or points within your life's um, journey and uh I know that there are many, but if you could perhaps just, if one is already just naturally coming into your mind now, just kind of um, chat about one or two of those um, that, that you feel really shaped you uh, 
at you know whatever age whatever point in your life um on on you know whatever sort sort of spectrum of um experience but yeah just uh perhaps speak to that um yeah one of one or two of those moments that that really shaped you in a pivotal way beautiful thanks chloe well i guess it yeah echoes from yeah what we just spoke to it's it's this returning to the nest right and as you said these familial dynamics um so the first thing that came to mind was actually a I guess a memory with um that involves my dad so yeah it's um it's funny that this came came up because I guess maybe until right now I hadn't fully realized and I guess tangibly realized on a like a very physical embodied somatic sense like how much I guess this this time in my life did shape me so oh I feel like I need to have a little shake (laughs) um but yeah so and also just before we move on from the last point really really briefly speaking to what you said about this collective moving back to the nest or going back to go forward and and maybe having to clear some of these dynamics at home or some even on a more kind of um, alternative level of like those ancestral bloodlines that's not necessarily like yeah in the physical but through this push to go inward and back to the home quite literally it's like hashtag stay home um and metaphorically it's yeah I think it's it's creating maybe I hope a lot of reconnection um to like little skip steps that we rushed past as teenagers and as young ones do we just want to we want to grow up really fast but sometimes we've got to take one step back two steps forward one step back you know that dance so on that note the memory that came up and the pivotal point in my life was when I was like 17 couldn't deal with school was like no overwhelmed this isn't for me I felt like I was burning out and my boyfriend at the time had moved back home up to the northern northern rivers and I was like just felt my heart like wanting to go there and so I fully the rebel in me I was an absolute I still am I think a wild one you know I was just like all right I think I like feel like embarrassed now to say this but I think I stole my mom's credit card or like secretly bought a ticket (laughs) with her credit card and like yeah packed up my whole room my whole life and pretty much told everyone like made the decision was not it wasn't going to be a conversation I'm moving I'm going to Byron I'm dropping out of school and you can imagine my family were like and friends were really concerned (laughs) I'm moving to the bush I'm moving moving into the hinterland to Baringbar which is like quite a small rural town especially back then now it's more connected but back then like you need a car you definitely need a car um to be can anyway so I'm just like I'm moving and I did and I remember the airport we're all there and I packed everything into this giant suitcase I I still remember I couldn't get through because my bag was too heavy so we were unloading my bag me my dad my mum my sister um 
and I think a friend was there as well. And in hindsight, this was a calling out of me to actually bring my family together. I think I did this as an act of mom, dad, I need you both here present and I'm going to do what it takes. I think subconsciously I was like, yeah, this call for emergency family union because I, I needed that, I think. Um, and then this was all playing out very subconsciously. So then I even had my lava lamp, <laughs> took my lot, tried to take my lava lamp with me. I think it was too heavy, so I had to leave it behind. Um, big, big purple suitcase, just had this craving to fly the nest. Um, yeah, and I did, and I was up there for a few months, and I thought I was going to start a tape course, and like, but I got a bit stuck, and I actually went into like probably my first ever what they call like a dark night of the soul. Like it was like, oh my God, like there's all this stuff inside of me and I feel empty and and full of stuff all at the same time. And I'm alone with my thoughts in like, yeah, the hinterland and nature was supporting me, but it was it was scary. And I I was quite isolated actually. I li- I was living with my um yeah ex and and well I can't even remember if we were like I think we were technically actually already separated at the time but I was living with his family his mom and his um sister and they would be out every day of the week pretty much all day at school at work and I'd just be there in this giant mud brick home on my own kind of twiddling my thumbs trying to figure out why am I here like (laughs) yeah it was really interesting um and then I guess in some ways my dad kind of came to the rescue I was really struggling emotionally and didn't really know what to do and was kind of like oh I think I I think I actually need to come home and and I'll come back to where I thought home was like so yeah my dad came and um and he, him and I, I guess, had conversations that, and this is me, yeah, I think I turned 17 up there, um, freshly 17, finally having present conversations with my dad for the first time in my life. And I remember walking along the beach with him and feeling like, oh, this is it. This is actually what I, what I think I always really yeah I was craving and needed and maybe this is why this all happened and I saw him for the first time I think as a human on that trip and it was fun and we had a bit of a road trip coming back down from memory and yeah so that was definitely in hindsight a really big a really big pivotal point in my life I feel like that's such a um yeah, a powerful kind of moment to speak to also is, is like you said, just kind of that shift from seeing your family in one sort of way to perhaps sort of a more, um, how would you even say, I guess just seeing them maybe as a, in a more holistic sense, you know, and just being able to meet them on that um, like eye to eye level. Uh, which I think we all kind of experience in our late teens or early 20s where we're able to kind of 
return and actually, you know, engage with our parents in a dynamic that that feels feels more, um, yeah, inclusive of, of them as a whole being. And and you know, I think that's just that's kind of an initiation for for all of us, you know, as we kind of go through our different developmental stages. But um, that's so special that uh, that even in your reflection, you were able to see that you know, all of those little decisions that you made and that big decision too of, of shifting locations, it was like, that was almost in itself sort of like a full circle moment to just allow um, you and your father to have that connection that, and that, that moment there that was, that was needed and have those conversations that perhaps wouldn't have happened, you know, back in Sydney that needed maybe a fresh environment or, you know, you both having new experiences and um, him showing up for you in that sort of time of need. I think, yeah, that's that's really beautiful that you're able to reflect on it in that sense too and understand why all of those those decisions were, were made, even though at the time, and I can totally um, relate to of, of making those sort of impulsive decisions and then, or everything seems really exciting and then you arrive at the new location and you're still there. You, you know, it's still you sitting there in your own head, dealing with your own, you know, spirals yeah. and <laughs> um, not necessarily demons, but, you know, shadows. And um, I'd love to even, um, I don't really have this on my questions list, but I was just reflecting on, as you said, kind of, you know, that perhaps being um, the first sort of dark night of the soul, I think he called it, um, and even in general, how you see dark nights of the soul and, and their perhaps, um, and your, your relationship to them too, when they kind of present at different stages um, of, of your life and, and maybe their, their sort of purpose or, you know, because I feel like, um, yeah, we all, I, I know for myself too, it's like they almost are sort of like that, that circle that keeps returning to itself you know or maybe it's more of a spiral or something um but you keep kind of uh they come at different stages in your life and and um each have perhaps a lesson or a purpose and I'd love to just hear about your relationship to to those places that you kind of meet in yourself at different times and I guess like the expansion that happens and then the the contraction and and how mm. you kind of um how you personally, I guess, kind of move through those those waves that we go at, go through as humans. Well, I love that you used the word expansion and then also waves. And I think in in many ways, it's interesting that, like, in some ways, I have a lot of resistance. I think that might be the first ever time that I've actually really referenced a part of my life as that term the dark night of the soul because I yeah like I, I feel like it it can create some misconceptions even the fact that it's got the word dark in it um because it doesn't need to be dark it's my understanding and interpretation of these times in our life like you said it's 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 a spiral it's a vortex it's a sinking into yeah I mean it's the lotus through the mud it's both 
it is the mud, the yuck, but, you know, how can we, there is no lightness without darkness. Like we, we need that polarity and we need that exchange, the yin and yang. Um, so I think in many ways we're dancing through dark nights of the soul every single day in a way on different levels, maybe some so subtle that we don't realise. Um, I do believe, though, that there are cycles. And I, I like to, I, I think it connects to astrology quite interestingly because there's the Saturn cycles and a lot of people know Saturn return, which is 28 to 30 years. But within that, you've got seven-year cycles. And if we look at our life, often there's these yeah sometimes it can be more like five but I feel like planets can really talk to us in terms of where are these cycles showing up or what kind of rhythm are we in because I feel like individually we all they all present in different yeah different times in saying that I think there's massive collective dark nights of the soul that I feel like that's what's potentially going on right now you could say um so it's a, it's a cleansing it's a it's a rebirth and it I think when I said before like a skipped step yeah it's it's going inward to go outward and I love the metaphor of the ocean the ocean to me is my medicine <laughs> and I'm so grateful to have it nearby because it oh, just reminds me of so much it's such a mirror of the mind um you know those layers of self and yeah like you said with when we're talking to movement like you know sometimes these impulsive decisions of moving you know can activate these things in us that were already there but we needed we needed a different location to feel maybe yeah feel that come up that expansiveness come up um yeah different perspectives different people different environments but it's all there gestating and I feel like um yeah it reminds me of the song you always take the weather with you and that experience of me going up north was definitely like I remember that song just kept like kind of playing in my head I was like okay I get it I, I get it <laughs> but um yeah I feel that I feel like I'm only realizing now as an adult how not necessarily meditation as a separate practice but having a meditative way of life where we go back to introspection and reflect that is how instead of these dark nights of the souls maybe hitting us like a ton of bricks and the destruction feeling like absolute chaos we can dance with it because nature just wants us to be creative and I feel like when we get stagnant that's when or fixated on something that's when nature goes all right here's some destruction to shake you up so you can go back to creating something you know um yeah so when we get too attached or take things too seriously maybe there's a shake up I feel like I've gone on, gone on a few different tangents here so hopefully it kind of is making some sort of rational and logical sense but in essence it's a dance it's um it's the depths of the ocean and then the spray of the sea it's 
in the reflection of you and me, it is these reawakenings that we feel, which I think I'd like to call them, yeah, it's, it's an awakening and a reawakening. Um, come through the darkness often, but they're not, they're not, are, they, they aren't the darkness and you aren't the darkness. Like if anything, it reminds us of our inner light. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I guess a way to navigate that is learning how to, how to soften in the stiffness and, and have, a, have a dance between stillness and movement that feels balanced for you, like, yeah, having that meditative, reflective way of life, staying open, keeping your heart open. That's all that I'm getting right now is just like stay open, surrender. All you need to do is surrender. Nature has you. You've got this, girl. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I went on such a journey. <laughs> but I love it. And I was, as you were speaking to us, kind of getting that vision of um, the infinity sign too, which is sort of, um, yeah, I was just thinking about as you were speaking about, you know, the con contraction and expansion and, um, inward and outward and um, destruction and creation and and how like you were saying nature moves on that cycle um, we experience this on so many different levels and like you said too we we could see what's going on in the world right now as perhaps just you know in that that sort of more um, destructive uh, I don't mean, you know, obviously it is very chaotic too, but just like that sort of side of the spectrum that we're in um, as a collective and, and, you know, my hope and prayer, and I'm sure yours too, is that on the other end of this, there is, there is that perhaps sort of rebirth or that, um, that fresh perspective that gets, that gets brought and, and a lot that um, gets kind of cleansed for perhaps a new phase or a new cycle that we're entering into um, as a collective. And uh, yeah, and just like you said, trusting and surrendering to that and doing your part in whatever way, um, yeah, feel, feels best to you. And uh, I guess on that sort of um, same sort of train of, um, you know, of expansion and um, newness, I'd love to explore um, what ways that you love to create in your in your day to day life, and maybe even um, what your most kind of maybe what medium or what um, way of creating or making art is most kind of inspiring to you right now, or like what ways in your life are you are you creating? Oh, creativity is such medicine. And for me, art is in the everyday. It's in the mundane. It's in our skin. We are art <laughs> on such a, yeah, it's interesting. It's like so obvious and so simple. And it's kind of like, wait, what? Like, oh, yeah. And it's like the ego wants to make kind of like stories around it, but it's like, you are literally a miracle 
in this meat suit like it's the most bizarre thing that is art in and of itself go outside walk through the forest that's the best art installation and gallery you will ever find on this planet like everything that you see like I find yeah when we go into art galleries it's just a a a recreation and a mirroring of um yeah the core of art which for me is is nature and we are nature art art incarnated um and creativity tapping into that through whatever form that flows out of you for me um you know the simplicity of dancing and singing in the moment without attachment of having to record it or do anything with it is sometimes just a really beautiful easeful way to get that creative sometimes buzzy energy like through and out of my system and give it to the world like a prayer allow it to come through me and just be a channel like it's not mine this music this dance is not really mine it's just coming through me and and really for me it's a it's it's becoming really clear that it's it's not it's not it's just like I need to actually just get out of my way and clear this vessel and clear this channel so that I can be the most, yeah, the most uh, uh, clear conduit or, yeah, obvious conduit for whatever art and ideas I'm meant to give to the world to come through me Um, without, yeah, without attachment letting go of perfectionism on a more like tangible level in terms of mediums I do love photography I think if I had to choose one medium that's my first first love and exploration of art as something that I conceptualized initially of thinking it was outside of me and it's this thing that I need to do photography was my first way of really mirroring the world and understanding it and it mirroring me um, and writing, poetry, journaling. Um, yeah, but now it's flowed into, uh, I'm actually like trying painting a little bit, which is something that I've probably resisted the most and told myself, oh no, I'm not that, I don't do that. So I've been playing with the edge of like, yes, I do. And even using like bodily secretions, my own menstrual blood and spit and mud and clay to paint with and pigments from the earth and just like getting really primal with it. And yeah, splattering all over it. I'm just going, this is just, just want to get it out of me and onto this canvas um, or paper material, whatever it is. So yeah clay was very meditative for me someone whose mind moves quite quickly it was a way to slow down and come into my body it's a very sensual experience so clay and ceramics for me I would recommend that to so many people I feel like more people you know just coming back to something as simple as pinching a pot and 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 the slowness of production we're just so quick to go and buy another mug from you know came out or something so yeah but it, 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 yeah there's there's all these different ways but there 
I'm still exploring them and I'm excited to explore more mediums and um, and just actually, like I started, I guess, come back to the medium of my body. I feel like the female form is the one of the most incredible um, <laughs> sculptures or, you know, it's just, and it's everywhere and the earth is everywhere, earth art, you know, ecofeminism, these things are coming up more and more. I'm actually slowly brewing it, an exhibition with a collective of, of women. Um, it could be also men, you know, whatever bodied. But for the, for the feminine, for that creative flow to just, yeah. So I love art. Oh, my God, I could talk about creativity and art for hours. <laughs> the exhibition sounds amazing too. Is it going to be a lot of different um, sort of artist styles and mediums coming together, but with a, like you said, that sort of central theme around it? Yeah, I believe so. I feel like the eco-feminism, you know, having that nature and, and feminist or feminine, yeah, feminine essence combined. Um, I'm seeing um, something a bit ritualistic and ceremonial as well. I want to bring more ceremony and ritual to art because it is it feels like such a ritualistic and creative naturally ceremonialist practice um when we tune into the materials and what do they mean and where are they coming from so I actually am also feeling like having some performance art and and dances so having a couple of women yeah dancing and potentially using some menstrual blood and, and mud and having like, yeah, this, this primal um, yet so like, you know, yeah. Oh, it's just, this has only just kind of been planted in the last few days really and starting to gestate and conceptualize. But um, yeah, that would definitely be some of those themes that I've already spoken to, I hope, interwoven. I guess, yeah, from what you've spoken to, I, I'm sure you kind of also have this sort of this feeling of, of as we're sort of speaking about, um, you know, our sort of personal level and our community level, but then also on a collective level, I think we're, we're kind of experiencing um, that sort of returning or that inclination towards towards returning to more of that slowness and, and simplicity and um, as you said just just uh, um, yeah just it, it, like we said in in general within I think this conversation a, a sort of central theme has been around that full circle and just really um, honoring respecting and coming back to you know the fundamental um, elements which which sustain us in this life you know like the fire water air and earth and and the kind of material born of them and how um, as you said yeah through through art and and making art with those um, with those elements and and with more of that sort of slowness in production and more ritual in in kind of the intention behind it um, and how I just think yes. so so beneficial it is for um, for I, I would say for the 
I think in general for the crisis of, of mental health that's, <laughs> that's going on right now too, mm. alongside obviously um, the physical uh, health issues that we're facing too as a collective based on probably, um, not probably, I'm guessing more certainly um, the, the kind of the lifestyle that we've created for ourselves and how, how far away it is from those fundamental things which are fundamental again to to our health you know on all levels and and uh as you were saying that too I was just thinking about yeah just how yeah on a mental level too how how quick we are um in this society and how how beneficial it is as you said just to um to come back to the hands come back to the tangible ways that we can create in a slower way and in a more intentional way and yeah, so I'm glad that that you brought that up too, because it, it does feel like um, a lot of us, I mean, I'm sure people who are listening to this conversation feel and, and sense that. And <laughs> obviously, yes, and not some people who <laughs> feel the opposite, but <laughs> a lot of us feel this way. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's I love that um it's 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 coming back to the process of art, which is also really really soothing for the people that have that inner perfectionist in them that want it to look and be like something there is no something what if it's what if you're making art for art's sake just art for art's sake just for you to to express and and you can literally then mush up your clay thing and put it back in the in the bucket or in the you know in the clay bag it doesn't need to actually be for production even it can actually just be for the process because the process itself is already art so that that's been a big realization for me in my own yeah creative and artistic journey is like yeah letting go of the end result and just and just coming back to that transience that that is life and and reminding us like we are also just as transient in these physical bodies and they will too one day end and um yeah yeah I think it's yeah it's definitely a collective underpinning right now that the narratives that are shifting around yeah like just really knowing on a soul level oh this consumerism thing and this materialistic thing like isn't really working hey like no one's really enjoying it really on a soul level like you said fire earth water air ether like just come back to that and we can feel it in our bodies and in our state of mind when we do um it feels so good and yeah art is for me just the quickest access to those elemental forces (laughs) fundamental forces like you said yeah Mm, I love this conversation so much (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just it's so special to uh, and I'm always just so in awe of the ways that life like brings us kindred hearts together too and it's almost like we're just everything that we speak is just a you know a mirror and a reflection of of um of how we've been feeling inside and maybe we haven't even voiced it in that way but then you know someone like you voices it in that way and it's just it feels you know it's not even like you're listening to it it's more like you're receiving it and your body's like oh yeah okay (laughs) or your spirit too is just like oh yeah that's truth like you know truth when you hear it and uh, that's why I love I love speaking about this and and 
yeah, it's been a big part of a reflections that I've had too and something I'd love to lean into. And I would love to, to collaborate in some way. <laughs> like I definitely see in the future for sure that similar vision of, of what you said too about, um, you know, those collective, collective art exhibitions, um, exploring, you know, the elements and, and that sort of more um, feminine essence behind, behind art and creativity and, yeah, just having like beautiful artists and beings of whatever form um, coming together and sharing what it is that they're interested in and maybe just, you know, not even, yeah, like you said too, with even artists defining themselves as one style, it's like, no, we can all like, you know, on the day explore something new and 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 just have like options for people and um, maybe little workshops and then some artists, yes. their, their creations on display and yeah, so I definitely hold that vision of, of that coming to, to fruition one day. <laughs> it will, and I would love to collaborate. My kind of um, motto, for lack of a better word, that's coming up right now is we are all artists re-remembering. So I, I just had the vision when you said that of these galleries and, and exhibitions with, um, you know, participants coming in and it's like actually breaking that wall between the artist and the participant and you know everyone participating and getting involved because yeah we're all just here to remind and yeah re yeah re-remind each other um yeah so I love that and breaking breaking that because there's definitely a big ego in the art world of like I'm an artist, you know, like what does that even mean? <laughs> not to, but also not to water down the skill, you know, of course I'd completely pay reverence to that, but it's just interesting, just these, these masks and, and identities that we, that we try on and, and yeah, it's fun to, you know, to kind of do a bit of a clothes swap of our of identities and being like oh maybe you're an artist too do you want to try this suit on and give it a go and then it's incredible like I've held some sensual ceramic workshops and the the beauty that comes out of these people when they just left the space to create it's like the inner child's like oh my gosh thank you like this is all I ever needed and wanted and the creations they make are so precious and yeah, the inner mama in me is just like, yes, like, I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. And just how how simple and organic it can be too when you give people like like you've created that space for people and, and then, um, yeah, even as kind of a, a space holder or a curator, it's like, you've kind of done done your piece and then and then the process and the art and the whatever material you're working with kind of and nature too, I think, too, just does her own um, work within within the person too. It's like you just kind of, in general, just providing that environment for someone and then they, their experience is going to be um, what it needs to be anyway. And that's what I, I so love about curating experiences for people and kind of bringing thing to, things together like that. And um, yeah, oh, I love that. I'd love to join one of the, one of your workshops one day too. <laughs> when I'm able to come over to the East Coast, we shall see. <laughs> um, I guess as we kind of like move towards a um, 
sort of close, I, uh, I had a few sort of more, um, I, mean, I guess it, maybe it's a quick fire section, but not really like that. So <laughs> more like um, I'd love to just, um, <laughs> because I haven't really done this too much in other interviews and I'm like, oh, I think it'd be cute to kind of like at the end, just have have people share some sort of like resources or things that they're loving right now um, in different sort of areas uh, of, of your world. Um, so if you're down for that, would you be down to share a few, like if I give you a few words, like just sharing, um, you know, some of your favorite. Yeah, things. go for it, 100%, <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so. Um, what is your favorite beverage right now? Could be hot or cold. <laughs> oh, the first thing that comes to mind because I had it today um, is chai, homemade, good quality, medicinal, like made with love chai. Simple, yummy, the spices, warming for the soul. So good. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and on that same foodie note um what's a favorite meal that you've been making for yourself lately how have you been nourishing yourself I have to say it's really funny because I looked at what the moon's in and it's in Taurus and I think both of us are Taurus suns as well so this is definitely like yeah. <laughs> on point on theme um <laughs> Yeah, how have I been nourishing myself? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because this could be, again, a really long answer, but I will keep it succinct. Um, I guess in a nutshell, food for me has been a journey, you know, with, with a background of befriending my body and just being really comfortable now with, you know, eating, eating what I feel like and, and tuning into what I need. So nourishment, nourishment for me has on a say, I'm going to go sweet and savory. So on a savory level, it's been like, really, like, really like, oh, okay. I have to give you, I'll just give you one thing. So just really nourishing home cooked meals. Um, and one thing that I made recently was like a miso rice with veggies and it was insanely good, topped with tahini. And I made it kind of like with some leftovers. And then, and I was actually on like a kind of a circle call celebration thing at the same time. So I was like in and out of it, but it was just so yummy. Um, yeah. So I think when we, when we just, you know, yeah, again, like it's, it's an art form actually cooking. It can be. So just allowing that creative creativity to flow through you can be really beautiful. And brownies, if I had to pick a sweet one, I've been making brownies lately and I'm addicted and they're just so yummy. And it's, yeah, it's a recipe that I've re-returned to. It's funny. I'm re-returning full circle, even with the brownies. <laughs> we did a really cute dinner party covid dinner party in my building with the neighbors so we all delivered each other food we did a curry night and they made the curry i made the rice and the dessert so i made the raspberry chop brownies and they were so good even if i do say so myself it's originally actually a donahay recipe but then i found it on this mum blog who who's kind of like made it um a little bit 
not as insulin spiking, not as sweet. So just, yeah, brought down the sugar content quite a bit. It's brown sugar. Um, but yeah, I think she like a quart, she's done like a quarter of it. And they're still really yummy because you can use chocolate that is a bit sweeter and then, yeah, kind of play with it. So yeah, I'll definitely share it. But it's not mine. It's not, yeah, I can't claim it as my own, even though I'd like to. <laughs> I'm sure it still is your own because you always like, even when you're making recipes, you're always putting your own little, yeah, flavor to it and, and different like variations and yeah, depending on what you have. Yeah, um, that's the yeah. best part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Another question. What is one of your favorite places that you've ever been? Oh my gosh, that's a massive question, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they're not really rapid fire at all. <laughs> I've ever been. Oh, I'll, I'll, if I had to pick one, just because it came to me recently, because um, I actually bumped into a friend yesterday that I haven't seen in a while, and we travelled this place together when we were like, you know, early, yeah very early 20s so slash late teens so um yeah the Greek islands are just I still remember going for my first swim when I landed in Mykonos or Eos I can't remember which one I think it was Mykonos and I went in the water and I literally I came out and I looked at my friend Mia and this other guy who was traveling with us or like had got the bus with us there and they were just like oh my god your eyes and my eyes and like it felt like my whole body was like an extension of the water and I was just I was this Greek goddess I was just like a part of my soul has returned it was very very special <laughs> wow oh I would love to go one day yeah maybe it was a um a remembrance that was still felt in in your cells too yeah from another Definitely. time Mm. Mm. and um share perhaps um oh what was I going to say oh yeah um a who have been some of your favorite um music artists or even songs in particular lately that you've been listening to oh I have to get my my phone here because I'm learning to be better at remembering artists names I tend to just like feel it and often forget who is that again um Sam Garrett has been really great higher than the mountain was my kind of mantra for a while last year when I was going through a challenging awakening slash yeah day of the let's call it day of the light day of the soul (laughs) we can change it because it was like yeah (laughs) dark night beautiful day um bright day yeah Yeah. wait can you say that again crystalline waters of the soul Mm. (laughs) i love that i heard waters but i missed the crystalline yeah um yeah but i've been like i've been having a lot of fun yeah exploring exploring new music actually I have to say the 808 playlist 
took me on such a journey and I loved Joyful Motherfuckers by Alison Russell and I love that there's a French piece in there. I'm quite obsessed with lyrics. I'm a very like lyrical person and I've noticed I've had to like learn to appreciate more the other instruments because sometimes I'll just like become really obsessed with yeah the poetry of what they're saying and then I'll show it to a friend and all they're hearing is the other the music especially if they're not English speaking and then I'm like oh right people listen to things differently Mm. so that's been an interesting thing of like appreciating yeah the song as a as a kind of holistic being of yeah all these different facets and not just focusing on one part of it um yeah ah yeah so that's probably two that that come to me um and just like some good good dance beats to shake it off sometimes you know when when things just get I kind of like it's like I go from like yeah either like meditative like like hand pan you know like just really really gentle Lulu and Mishka Sam Garrett or like the other extreme a little bit like yeah same. yeah <laughs> it's my two moods yeah. I do love country and soul and reggae as well though which feels a bit in the middle yeah um I go through phases of that mm-hmm. mm, I love that yeah and I love that song too the joyful motherfuckers <laughs> it's such a good oh, it's so good yeah. Mm. oh yeah um all right final final question (laughs) love it I love her yeah that that like French verse so good I learned it I was like I want (laughs) to yeah I also would love to know um so are you French my dad's French so that's actually a nice um connection to the earlier story is yeah that's my French bloodline so he he um he met my mom overseas when my mom was studying overseas. She's Australian, but yeah, my whole paternal line is French. Um, and there's definitely been a re-remembering and a reconnection to that. Um, even claiming my name as Mathilde Le Bouc, c'est très français. Uh, you know, it's a really French name. And as a kid, I was always Tilly or Matilda. You know, they they Australianized it. Everything's shortened, and they'd be like Mathilde. Like, how do you say that? So, mm-hmm. so claiming Mathilde, reclaiming it, and my last name as well. Um, at school, I was I, I yeah more took my mum's maiden name. So, I've now reclaimed that. I think on an energetic level, and yeah, I don't speak fluent French. I'd like to, but. One day, maybe I do understand a bit and speak a bit, but um, yeah, mm. haven't got there yet. We'll see. Yeah, well, that's beautiful though. That already you've um, yeah, you've just deepened in appreciation and reclamation, like you said, of of that um, of that line, that the ancestry, and and yeah, just I feel like I haven't personally had that experience, but I. I, I'm sure it would be it would be frustrating um, to to not have your name um, be pronounced correctly too, or to have to alter it in some way to fit 
a certain culture's way of um, expressing that, you know, I feel like so many, um, yeah, people of color and people from, from so many different places would have to do that. And what maybe even like what that would do just on strange little energetic levels of like not being their whole selves or their, you know, I don't know. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Oh <laughs> yeah, Chloe, that's a that's a really beautiful point. I think you just hit the nail on the head, the fragmentation of someone's identity when their whole name is is not understood or yeah, being be able to be mirrored back by society. And for me now I've I think I've I like to think I've transmuted it and like yeah it's been it's been now it's like this I've always kind of joked that I I do have all these different selves 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 but also but yeah selves are like there's the Tilly and then there's the Matilda and and there's the Matilda and it's it's just layers of me and I'm not as attached anymore like if someone pronounces my name or it's like oh that's the signpost it's not actually who I am like so I just made, misread the sign I'm not going to take it personally yeah mm-hmm. but I understand yeah the struggle at times yeah especially like you said for people um of different backgrounds and that like being a clear yeah like even before someone even meets them if they just read their name they can make assumptions from that which I think yeah that would definitely challenging but like you said whole nother tangent and I'm I'm aware that we've gone well over so I want to keep the time for you (laughs) no I don't really have a specific um you know time limit in mind but I'm just um yeah conscious of your time and space too and um I guess as we as we do kind of wrap up though how I'd love for perhaps even to to share um maybe even like last last words of wisdom or um, I mean this whole this whole conversation has really felt like that in, in so many different ways and um, cells and selves <laughs> um, but uh, yeah I guess to kind of close perhaps just kind of leaving leaving listeners with with some final words of wisdom or um, an insight or maybe even a little um, ritual or something that they could take away just whatever's coming into your mind now as a way to kind of close this this space and um, leave people feeling full as I'm sure they already are <laughs> beautiful so I encourage everyone who's listening to actually just take a deep breath so that we can come to this end of journey together <sighs> just exhaling anything out that needs to be released and let go of um yeah an all-time ritual for me which I know is not accessible for everyone is the bath the bath for me is a portal of remembrance of my own connection to water and I meditate a lot in the bath. I self-massage in the bath. I stretch in the bath. I listen to music in the bath. Sometimes I'm just in silence. Yeah, if you have the privilege of having a bath, um, yeah, it's so profound and 
and you know you can put some epsom salts so good for your circulation and if you don't have a bath even having a shower but do it like you haven't before maybe make it a ritual for yourself making the everyday sacred like i said before these mundane things that we just get so used to like bathing that we forget there's it, it can be a ritual and a ceremony as well so like taking a candle in or you know um i actually listened to a podcast recently of a woman who has a red wine in the shower <laughs> i was like oh wow this actually sounds really tricky but um maybe she has a big shower because i feel like the wine glass would get full of water <laughs> i often drink tea in the bath but yeah even in the shower like slowing it down however your bathing ritual is seeing if you can be conscious of it and be aware and make it a date with yourself explore your body um if you have the space in a shower you can actually sit down like try that and and feel the waterfall of remembrance of water close your eyes and imagine you are in a waterfall under one and um just drink it in put your legs up the wall so good again for circulation especially when i'm premenstrual bathing for me is at, at, as a ritual is is a key um yeah practice to stay connected to my cycles and really honor my body at that time of sensitivity and slowness so yeah if there's one takeaway um yeah go get go get juicy and i'm actually hoping and planning to do have a little idea of doing a like a bath ritual series on youtube um or somewhere maybe not youtube i don't know if that platform aligns fully but we'll see um yeah so oh, i'd love to guide guide that for people to be yeah just more comfortable with that intimate space and drop into themselves hmm. Yeah, I love that so much. I'm, I'm also just so obsessed with baths too. As like you said, there's just so many little variations that you can, um, and ways that that you know through your visualization and also the little elements that you you bring into the space too, um, and yeah, to kind of curate that sort of healing experience for you. Um, and I so agree with that too, around um, just still being able to do that in the shower too, if you don't have a bath. And um, I like to almost imagine the water kind of just washing away that, you know, layer of self, um, you know, almost like wriggling out of that old skin, you know, um, of that day or, um, you know, even thoughts that are popping up in your mind that are spiraling, just like using the water as kind of that, that visualization tool too and and um yeah just mm. yeah so I'm glad that you mentioned that and I I look forward to that series that you'll do too and um I'm sure it will yeah it will come to pass and you're welcome to share it on on Mojo Mecca too if you feel to um yeah I think that would be really beautiful mm. and yeah cool. we're both such little water babies I can feel <laughs> yeah I hope to have a with you one day. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah, I'd really love that. Yeah, I'm such a, I'm such a, um, yeah, little crab and like mermaid <laughs> and yeah, I'm just so at home. 
in the water. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for, um, yeah, being the kind of initiation of, of this series. It's like, if this is anything to go off, I'm already just so, so fulfilled, um, you know, by by actualizing this vision and, and thank you just so much for everything that that you shared and um, as we've been speaking to I've been like doodling making art and <laughs> just like kind of with, with you know following the flow of your of your words and um, yeah just feeling like really filled and I'm sure everyone who who's listening to this conversation too is probably feeling the same so yeah, just big gratitude for you and um, your journey and and all of the the deep wisdom that you hold um, and mm. that you've offered for all of us. Aho, sister. Thank <laughs> you to you for having me, opening up this portal, infinite love and gratitude for being part of this initiation. It's an honour again to be here and to have been this, yeah, the first part of this series. Oh, and it's really, really, yeah, just such a blessing to share this. A lot of this, I think, is just like, again, just bubbling through me and just got to get out of the way so I can share it as honestly and openly and transparent with transparency. So thank you for this opportunity.